Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Culpable Case Reviews is released every Friday and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want early access to next week's episode and ad-free listening, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus. For more information, check out tenderfootplus.com. Enjoy the episode. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals interviewed and participating in the show and do not represent those of Tenderfoot TV or Resonate Originals. All individuals described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matters such as violence and other graphic descriptions, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There's so many things I could say about Maurice. It's just um, sad to he's not here to enjoy life. That's why I advocate for him so much to this day, because he deserves it. He didn't deserve what happened to him, but he deserved to be remembered and not forgotten. The woman you just heard speaking is Walena Williams, the high school sweetheart of Maurice Walker, the victim in this story. 18-year-old Maurice was a star athlete in his hometown of Covert, Michigan, a young man destined to do great things. But sadly his loved ones are left to imagine what he might have gone on to accomplish in life. Maurice never made it to the end of his senior year of high school. He was murdered in 1993. Now, his death has gone unsolved for over 30 years. He's been gone longer than he has been alive. When people think about Maurice, they should think about that. We owe Maurice the truth, you know, We just owe it to him. It's been practically a lifetime, with no answers and very few leads. But not long ago, in 2021, his cold case was reopened. His loved ones are hoping that justice will soon follow. For 30 long years, Walena has been one of Maurice's main advocates, but his case has struggled to garner much media attention over those years. She figured now is the time to try something new. Why not a podcast? Ultimately, she knows that answers around Maurice's murder still lie somewhere amongst the town and residents of Covert. She's hoping that the people who hold those answers hear her message. I'm willing to do whatever. I've been doing this ever since 93. So, you know, what's one more thing? This is a culpable case review of Maurice Walker.
you know, I hear a lot of people with podcasts or I listen to a couple of them here and there, but I'm not. I first heard about Maurice's story through one of our listeners. She'd actually been working with Willina to help bring awareness to Maurice's case and suggested that she speak with us. You won't find much media coverage on this, which isn't unusual with newer cases. But again, Maurice was killed over 30 years ago. As I scoured the Internet, it was mind-boggling to me that after three decades, so little has been said. From that moment, I wanted nothing more than to share this story and see how we could help. So I reached out to Walina to learn more about the man she loved dearly and the tragedy that struck a small Michigan town many years ago. My name is Walina Williams, and I grew up in Covert, Michigan, very small town. My relationship with Maurice, we were friends since elementary. I think we started going out or going study, <laughs> um, girlfriend, boyfriend, like when I was in the sixth grade. And, you know, we did that off and on relationship like most people do in high school for four years and up until he passed in 93. Over the course of those younger years, you know, people don't really think that you find that one, but he was that one for me. Walina and Maurice were high school sweethearts back in the early 90s. But before their fairy tale ever started, they were just two kids living on the same block in the small Michigan township known as Covert. Maurice was already from the area and came from a tight-knit family. Walina, on the other hand, didn't have the steadiest upbringing and had just relocated to the town from a big city. Moving to the modest town of Covert was a bit scary for her. New people to meet and friends to make. And with a population of about 3,000, options were somewhat limited. But she remembers taking an interest in Maurice right away. I come from Chicago, Illinois, and, you know, we lived uh, kind of hard. We struggled. Um, moving to Michigan, it was very different in country. And so coming into a new state, you don't know anybody. You're at a young age. When we first moved to Michigan, I would just see him at school. And it was ironic because uh, my foster parents live right down the street from him. I can, like, look out my window and see his house. And so probably about... A good she gives a wide grin as she reflects back on all those times seeing him from her window. In a small town like Covert, it wouldn't take long for the two to meet. And over time, it would blossom into an unparalleled relationship. But Walina tells me that when they first became acquainted, ironically, she had another crush. I call myself liking somebody else, and that person didn't feel the same way about me. And I was just so heartbroken at school, crying. And he came up to me and was like, oh, don't cry, you know, you shouldn't be sad. I understand the things that you are going through. And he just started asking me questions, getting to know me as a friend. I really, really took to him for doing that because nobody ever did that. As you like you say, you see... Growing up in foster care, Walina recalls the struggle of feeling isolated a lot of the time. But she'll always remember Maurice as the person who came into the picture and changed that. The one who finally took the time to get to know her. A move that forever changed her perspective. That I think I was probably around 12, 13 at the time. And entering foster care is just, like, horrible. You know, you feel like 
Nobody's your friend, nobody's there for you. And he really, every day, would come to me, ask me how I'm doing, can you carry my book bag? And we would write each other back and forth and he would stick letters in my locker. I would exchange the favor, I would return a letter, stick it in his locker, and then one day he just asked me out. And it was like the simplest thing. Would you go out with me, check the box, yes or no, or maybe. <laughs> and so I really, really took a liking to that, and um, that started it, the course of Maurice and Willina, but they, everybody calls me Juicy. Walina suggests that while their relationship may have been on again, off again, as many high school romances are, technically, they were always a pair. The truth is, Maurice had his hands full with Walina. She doesn't shy away from the struggle she had with anger during her teenage years. Being a kid and a teenager, we don't know how to direct our anger when we upset about things because we're kids. And so... I would fight a lot because I was so angry with my family because we were being moved around a lot. And so I was angry because I was in this foster care. And even though they were good to me, I just felt like I should be with my family. And I just, like I said, I fought a lot. And on this one particular day, I was coming down the hallway and um, this girl that she's another one that liked it to fight. She came out the classroom and she was arguing about something and we got to arguing. And he came out that classroom. He said, Juicy, what are you doing? What are you about to fight for? And whatever I said, I'm like, I don't know, but I'm about to beat her ass. And then he uttered the words that quickly put a stop to the ruckus. She remembers it like it was yesterday. He said, I'll tell you what, if you fight her, we breaking up. That's all he had to say. I was like, I just looked at her, turned my head, and walked in my classroom. But it was just the smallest things, like, that I didn't pay attention to back then. But it just made me look at, like, that man really cared about you because he knew he was angry and he was fighting for no reason. He just kept me grounded, you know, encouraging me to do other stuff. He was the one telling me to get into sports, and that will relieve some of the stress or the tension I felt like that I was going through back then. So, you know, he just talked to me about a lot of stuff. And um, I got through a lot of stuff because of him. She gives a lot of credit to Maurice, not just for keeping her out of trouble, but also for getting her into sports and other outlets. And who better to have in her corner? Maurice himself was a star athlete. You won't find an article about him that doesn't mention that. You could say he filled the role of the popular jock at Covert High. They would call him Mo, Lil Mo, Mo Better. He just had different names. Mo Banger was one of the names because he played basketball and he would dunk it. He was just like a league of his own. Like he, he was an excellent long jumper. He would run the relays. I mean, take off from zero to a hundred real quick. And then watching him play football, it was just out of sight. You know, as soon as they give him the ball, he running straight yards. He tried to teach me 
what a first down was, second down was. I'm like, I'm not into that. I just, I want to see you just run down the field with the ball. You know, I was just there to root him on, be the biggest cheerleader that he ever had, you know. So that was my eye candy, you know what I'm saying? And so whatever I could do to root him on, I did that. Name a sport, and Maurice probably played it and likely excelled at it. He was just one of those natural talents, a physical specimen, some might say. But that's only scratching the surface of how talented Maurice was. He also had a beautiful singing voice, and in Walena's own words, was a heck of a drummer. But she insists that he was so much more than all the previously mentioned talents. His greatest talent, being a human being. You see in the newspaper articles or whatever, He's always mentioned about sports, but nobody talks about the kind, gentle person he was. You know, you can be a person out here that didn't have any friends. He's going to go up and talk to you, and he's going to be your friend. He just took that time to get to know you as a person. He genuinely cared about his friends and people that was around. And if he saw you looking sad, he's going to do whatever he could to bring a smile or put a smile on your face. That's just what type of soul he had. Coming from a rather underprivileged neighborhood, Walena remembers the various ways that Maurice put the locals before himself. He was always looking out for the other kids. She remembers him cutting his classmates' hair before sporting events and school dances. Of course, it's hard to turn down a free haircut, but ultimately, she says people just love being around him. He was definitely funny. You know, he just cracked jokes on different people. We had this skit one year. I was in the ninth grade, and the tenth graders did a skit of Shanene. <laughs> An ode to the hit 90s sitcom Martin, starring Martin Lawrence. <laughs> but Maurice was Shanene, and he put his skirt on. <laughs> And he was running around the gym, chasing the boys. It was just so funny. The whole gymnasium was just laughing. Just, it was just hilarious. And that's just what type of person he was. He would try to keep everybody in good spirits. As much as Maurice seemed to relish the spotlight, he also liked to get out of it from time to time and retreat. Really, it became a ritual for him. His peace and solitude was found around the many secluded creeks and ponds that Covert had to offer. Maurice always had a deep love for fishing. You would catch him fishing every day if he could, you know. I didn't really too much share that with him, even though my family used to fish. I just didn't like the worms, and he always tried to get me to put the worm on the hook, and I'm just like, I can't do that. It was just the fact that he took the time out to kind of you know, slow down and teach me something. As she reflects back on his love for fishing and teaching her the sport, emotions grow. You see, Maurice's body would later be found near one of the spots that he frequented, with his fishing gear nearby, making it even harder to stomach the fact that a place so dear to him would also be the place where he was left to die. Just thinking back, that's why I advocate for him so much. I just really start to feel like nobody even cared or 
um, or remember, he should be here. He definitely should be here. And 30 years later, it still hurts like it was yesterday. After taking a moment to collect herself, Walena begins to talk about the events leading up to Maurice's death. It was Saturday, April 17, 1993. The covert high track team had a weekend track meet, which they expected Maurice to be at as a member of the team. But when they met up at the school to take the bus to the meet, there was no sign of Maurice. So, on their way, they stopped by Maurice's house to check on him. It's a back street where we could pass by Maurice's house. So we stop off at his house. And the coach go in. Maurice didn't come outside. So I went to go in the house like, come on, come on, you know, we need you. And he said, no, Juicy, I'm not going. I'm like, why? He's like, because I'm going fishing with my brother. And I'm like, okay. Okay, I came back at the house. I'm like, he's not going. As mentioned earlier, Maurice took his fishing trip seriously. And besides, it wasn't really a big deal for a student to skip a track meet. So the group left his house, jumped on the bus, and went on their way. While Maurice presumably went to fish, the afternoon and evening passed. And then later that night, Walena happened to run into Maurice at the local corner store. So... Later on, one of the neighborhood kids, he had weekend parties. So this particular night, he had a party. So it was getting late, probably around 9 o'clock. If you go around this curve to my house, we have one store in the neighborhood, gas station. We call it Waterland. I just happened to look because we was at the stop sign, and Maurice was standing in the doorway at Waterland. And I rolled down the window, and I was like, hey, you know, we sparked up a conversation. She doesn't remember there being much to the conversation. A little bit of small talk. Maurice asks if she's going to the party that night, and Walena confirms that she'd meet him there, after making a quick stop at Walmart. Fast forward, get to the party. So I'm waiting for Maurice to come to the party. He never shows up. So it's past my curfew. And me and my sister's like, we got to get going to the house. So we get back to the house. We go to sleep. The next day I get up. My foster brother, he wants to go to Kalamazoo. So it's Sunday. So we ride to Kalamazoo. I have an older sister that was of age and she had her own place. So I got dropped off over her house. So I started getting myself together to put some clothes on. And then the phone rang. Her foster brother, who just dropped her off, was now calling her. I pick up the phone. He's like, Juicy, you sitting down? And I said, no, I'm ironing my clothes. What do I need to sit down for? He like, I think you need to sit down. And I was like, what's up? And... He said, they just found Maurice dead. It was a few Maurices in our school. We had a Maurice Strong, Maurice Walker. I said, oh, Maurice Strong? Oh, that's so sad. He said, no, 
your Maurice. I said, man, stop playing with me. Ain't nobody found Maurice. And he's like, turn on the news. It's on the news right now. Police say the three-sport athlete at Covert High School was shot and killed. But as soon as I turned on the news, his face came across the screen. Covert team found slain in the pond that he regularly fished at. That was the news report. And I was ironing my clothes, and the iron was sitting on my hand the whole time. So I have a mark on my, my wrist today because I, I, didn't, I was so in shock, I didn't even know the iron fell on my arm. I couldn't believe it. Well, Lena explains that so much is a blur after this moment. She'll remember certain details every now and then, but ultimately, life hasn't been the same ever since she saw the headlines from her sister's home in Kalamazoo. From that day, I just died with him. I finally had somebody that loved me for me. In a matter of, of a day, it was all good. But I called my, my foster mom. I said, you gotta come and get me right now. She came and got me. We went past where they fell to map. I was trying to jump off the car. She wouldn't stop the car. She wouldn't stop the car. She like, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see her. Because at that time we got back, I think he was still there. They hadn't came and got him yet. It's like a 45-minute drive from Kalamazoo to Colbert. And it was a lot of people standing out there and where they fell to bat. It's, we live right down the street. And they fell to bat a pond where he, he don't regularly fish there, but he has fished there. His fishing equipment was out there. I don't know, really know the details of how they found him. They just threw him away like he was trash. The days and weeks following Maurice's death were emotionally taxing for everyone who knew him. Murders were a rare occurrence in covert, and in this case, to have such a staple in the community be taken, it hit everybody hard. So that blood day, we went back to school. Everybody was just heartbroken. It wasn't a dry eye in the building. I finished out the school year. I couldn't stay there no more. I was old enough to emancipate myself out the court system. I was 17. He died two weeks before my birthday. And my foster mother came to me and said, let me know the litigations of, you know, we could stay or we could go. But I couldn't stay. That It was just, it was eating me up inside because every day we walk around at school and, and you're just looking at everybody and nobody's saying nothing. And there's another kid, like I said, his name was Mari Strong. This boy, Maurice, kept getting in trouble. So the teacher would call his name like, Maurice, sit down. Maurice, stop talking. I just got up and screamed and was like, stop effing calling his name. And just ran out the classroom. As you can tell, losing her rock took quite the toll on Walina. 
So much so, that she felt the only way she could try to heal from it was to get away for a time. But first came Maurice's funeral. Get to the funeral, it's packed. You got kids coming from other school districts to pay their respects to this man because they played him in basketball track. This is how loving he was to everybody. They were coming from everywhere, not just family. <laughs> he just laid in a casket like he was asleep. I just laid my head on his chest and was like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I can literally smell the fresh water from the stream on him. I can smell that water to this day. And it'll take me right back. I've never really told anybody, but I mentioned it to the detectives that when I was laying my head on his chest at the funeral, just looked at his hands and I kind of pulled the sleeves up. And he had, like, scratches on his wrist. She tells me that the scratches didn't appear to be from someone's fingernails. She likened them to cuts you'd get from twigs or bushes. It's always made her wonder about what might have led to his body being dumped where it was found. I really feel like he should have had that on his arms unless he was being drugged. Maurice was six foot, six one, somewhere around there. He was a big boy, like stocky, muscular. So he was heavy. He's heavy. It's going to take more than one person to take him over there, you know, so... His so-called friends, they know what happened. And it's all going to come out. That amount of time. Then I'll be sitting right front and center. I'll be sitting front and center. As far as Maurice's case goes, here's what we know. And I'm really sorry to tell you, it's not much. But let's start with the timeline, which we really only have because of Wilina. As we mentioned previously... On the night of April 17th, around 9 p.m., she saw Maurice briefly at the local corner store. He was standing outside. She stopped in her car nearby. They struck up a conversation and made plans to meet at a house party that a friend of theirs was throwing that night. Willina went to the party, but Maurice never showed. Remember, this is 1993, so there were no texts back and forth or anything like that. All Willina could do was wait to talk to him the next day. But on the morning of April 18th, a local fisherman found Maurice's body next to a creek near 34th Street, just a half mile from Maurice's home. Police indicated that they were of the belief he was killed the day before, on April 17th. As far as what happened to him, there's not much to go on. But here's what's been reported over the years. The cause of Maurice's death was a fatal gunshot from a 22 caliber. There are conflicting reports when it comes to how many shots and where he was shot. A report from Wood TV stated he was shot once in the chest at close range. A report from WWMT stated he was shot in the back. Unfortunately, the autopsy results haven't been released to this day, and our request for access was denied. Other reports over the years have indicated that his fishing gear, or at least his fishing rod, was found nearby. But even this detail is hard to confirm. And Walina believes that scratches she later saw present on Maurice's arms indicate that he'd been moved to the spot where his body was found. But again, 
it's impossible to know what authorities make of this. Beyond what I just shared, really anything else is up for speculation, as these are the only details to have come out in the past three decades. But Walina says she started to pick up on a thing or two over the years. My foster mom, like, kind of kept us, like, sheltered. So I didn't know the ins and outs of the dealings with the police back then. But as I got older, I started to realize who handled the case. One of the officers that handled the investigation, we called them Freitag. I don't like to say there are bad cops out here, but, you know, he was one of the officers I felt like could have handled Maurice's case better. And a lot of stuff that I found out later, he shouldn't have been on this case. I don't want to say anything wrong. I just felt like they should have brought outsiders, like the Michigan State Police, to handle Maurice's case. Covert was too small for them to handle that type of case. I don't feel like they had the education, the resources, the tools that they needed to solve that case. She's a bit cryptic when it comes to why the covert police shouldn't have been trusted to handle Maurice's case. Resources were obviously one thing, but her focus is on relationships and some of the friends that Maurice was known to hang around at the time. Everybody in covert knew one another, knew the ins and outs of families. And I felt like some families were being protected. Some families' kids were being protected. Where he was found was very secluded. And like I said, you had to know that area to know that that pond was back there. I personally know he didn't die there. I know he was taken there. He had a few friends that stayed down the street for water lid. So if he wasn't going home, where was he going? He wasn't fishing at night. He went fishing earlier in the day. If I see him at 9 o'clock, he said he's going to beat me at the party. He wasn't going fishing. So I don't believe he died there. Whether Maurice was killed near the creek where he was found or killed somewhere else before being moved there, there's really no way of knowing for sure. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it. That after 30 years, so much is unknown about this murder. It's given Walina all the fuel to keep his name and his case alive. For such a small town, how do we not know if he was such a good person to everybody? Why are we waiting so long to say what happened to him? Somebody knows. They know. It just its hurtful. I go back home a lot to go to the, the class reunions. Everybody that um, ever attended the school goes, I got him a plaque made. And all the different pictures, like... Him playing football, him dunking, him doing a long jump, and then like what one of his class pictures. I had it all put on there. And I wrote a poem 
because I felt like he should be a part of this school and I had a remembrance ceremony for him and they inducted it into the school in 2021. And that was one of my accomplishments that I wanted to do for him. She gives many thanks to Maurice for always encouraging her to be a better person and protect others just as he did. And as she's passed milestone after milestone in life, she's missed him every step of the way. I was supposed to be a statistic, you know, and I just really wanted to overcome those odds. My mother has seven kids, six girls and one boy, and I'm the only one who completed a master's degree, went all the way. I'm so proud of myself. I just wish Mo was here to see it. (laughs) I asked her what she ended up getting her master's in, and I can't say I was surprised. Criminal justice. I really wanted to become a detective, but I knew you had to be a police officer to become a, a detective. And, you know, before my grandfather passed, he made me promise him, don't be a police officer. <laughs> but so I went into corrections. I just wanted to do some type of law thing just behind Maurice. I'm very intrigued with forensics and all kind of technology that they have these days that they didn't have back then. And with the technology we have today, I am more than certain they're going to solve this. After a stint working in corrections, Walina eventually moved into the school system, where she now works as a behavior specialist. Her experience growing up with a loving foster family helped encourage her to pay it forward to other children in some way. She says she's able to do it for the kids because someone did it for me. And in a way, this goes back to what happened with Maurice. She admits that another reason she wanted to make an impact in the lives of troubled kids is she's a firm believer that kids, or teenagers to be specific, were involved in Maurice's death. I believe kids had something to do with this. And I will say adults covered it up or put fear in the kids that had something to do with it. And I say this because kids talk too much. We can't keep secrets. How they were able to keep this under wraps for 30 years, grown-ups had something to do with that. I don't care what nobody says. Walina has had plenty of years to think about this, and she's now firm in her beliefs. She just hopes that eventually detectives will get to the bottom of it all. Recently, there's been a little more cause for optimism. In 2021, Maurice's case was reopened. Now, it's being investigated by both the Covert Police Department and the Michigan State Police. Investigators are following new leads. In a 2021 report from the Herald Palladium, Michigan State Police Detective Shane Krieger said, We were approached by Covert Township. We've known about this case. Each year we go through cases. On this one, we know there has been updated technology. It involves DNA. DNA technology has come a long way. We thought if we can get help from the lab, it would be solvable. In another report from WWMT, Michigan State Police Detective First Sergeant Chuck Christensen said that using new forensic genealogy technology, detectives developed multiple persons of interest in the killing. Detectives also stated that they received new information courtesy of the public information that came to light following a memorial celebration for Maurice 
that was held that same year, on April 17th, and organized by Willina. I made a memorial there. It is a cross, it is flowers, it is lights. It's just a whole, like, memorial study where people could just go visit because that's where his soul was left. The April 17th remembrance included a balloon launch at Covert Cemetery near Maurice's grave. The group then walked to the creek where his body was found and where they'd placed that cross that would serve as the foundation of his memorial. Shortly after the memorial and the announcement that detectives were reinvestigating Maurice's case, his loved ones created banners and spread them around town to raise even more awareness, anything to keep the momentum going. Walina admits that she's been feeling more optimistic these days, though she's been equally taken aback by the response to some of the public rallying that she and Maurice's family have been doing on the heels of this news. I think right now, when they just reopened it back up two years ago, this is the most Maurice's case has been talked about in a long time, in 30 years. But I have been advocating uh, his family does a lot. We made banners. So they were up there where the news, you know, when we reopened the case. If you went through COVID right now, all the banners are took down. And they won't give us the reason why. The township supervisor supposedly called the chief and was like, they're getting complaints about the posters and the banners being hung around Cover and think Cover is a murderous town. No, we're trying to solve a murder. That's why the banners are here. Everybody's going around, going on about their, their merry life while Maurice is six feet deep and has been that way for 30 years. And you don't want the banners up because Covert is looked at as a murderous town. I don't look at Covert like that. Covert was very good to me. It's just a bad thing. A very bad thing happened April 17, 1993. She's right. Covert isn't a bad town. To her, it's just a town with one glaring stain that's lasted for far too long. But now that Maurice's case has been reopened, maybe that will change. I'd imagine that starting fresh on a case this old comes with its challenges. We reached out to police to try and better understand how they're approaching this investigation, but they weren't able to comment. But it seems like the new detectives in charge are doing what they can to pick up the pieces, and hopefully someday soon, they'll be able to close this case for good. I just know they're out here talking to everybody. I have so many phone calls. Juicy. Detective came over here. I was like, well, talk to him. I know the hide. I mean, it could be something little that you don't think is important that can break the case wide open. So it's like, don't hesitate to talk to the detectives. Maurice was your friend, right? Let's get this solved. I really am happy with the detectives on this case right now because they're doing all the legwork that they should have did 30 years ago. I just pray that somebody find it in their hearts to just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. No matter who it may hurt, we owe Maurice the truth. 
we just owe it to him. Like he that's he was a good dude. He's been gone longer than he's been alive. And I quote that from his sister, Stephanie. He's been dead longer than he's been alive. I gotta admit, it feels wrong saying that. But his sister's words are fact. Maurice lived a very fruitful and meaningful 18 years. But he's been gone for over 30 now. And those years have felt eerily quiet. At this point, it's hard for his loved ones to even fathom what justice would feel like. A lot of people say, uh, time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. It just softens the blow. It doesn't hurt as much. You still have your moments where, you know, if you're alone or you think about some, I might laugh, but tears come with the laugh. You know what I mean? So it's just, just, just remembering all the things that he could have done. You know, it's just heartbreaking. To this day, Maurice's family can only imagine the many great things he would have gone on to accomplish. Since losing Maurice, Walena has remained very close with his family. She's seen the many ups and downs they've faced over 30 years. It's no surprise that after all this time, they've lost even more family members. It eats at Walena, knowing that some of his loved ones will never get to experience that feeling of justice when his case is finally solved. So it's just kind of heartbreaking to know that they have passed on and they didn't even know what happened to him. But his family is so loving. I love them to death. Every time I get an opportunity to talk to them, to go see them, I definitely do. His mom, in her eyes, I was the only girlfriend that she knew about. She's a sweet lady. She was very nice to me when I was a kid. Very respectful lady. I had a heart-to-heart with her, and I let her know the things that I want to do for her son, what I want to do in the future as far as, like, raise award money just for any information because we don't know how long this is going to take. And I will do anything that I can, you know, to get the word out there. She said, you know, I have her blessing. And I just pray that before she passes on, we have some type of resolution. Walena started our discussion by stressing that we owe it to Maurice to finally uncover the truth about what happened to him. And while that still rings true, we also owe it to his mother and the rest of his family who have waited far too long to know even basic details about his death. It's no surprise that his family and Walena are so passionate in their advocacy and demands for justice. They're more than ready to put an end to the long and frustrating stalemate they found themselves in for all these years. It's time. It's time to just come out with the truth. Because if it was an accident, you wouldn't have been home by now. You don't wait 30 years to say it was an accident. The person or persons have lived their life for 30 years keeping this under wraps. And hopefully it don't have to go to 31. For a person that was so genuine, he would give you the shirt off his back. And for it to take this long for somebody to say something, 
It's just baffling to me. I will say that I will continue to advocate for Maurice until I take my last breath. And whoever may have some information on his case, just come forward. I really believe that a burden will be lifted off that person's heart if they just come forward. If you have any information regarding the death of Maurice Walker, we urge you to contact Detective Alan Marler with the Covert Township Police Department at 269-906-7098 or Sergeant Kyle Gorham with the Michigan State Police at 269-621-5725. Thank you for listening. Culpable Case Review is a production of Resonate Originals and Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, written and hosted by me, Dennis Cooper. Executive producers are myself, Mark Mennery, Jacob Bozarth, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsay. Our senior producer is John Street. Additional production from Jamie Albright and Taylor Floyd. Editing, mixing, mastering, and sound design by Dayton Cole, Pat Kicklighter, and Adam Townsell of the Resonate Recordings team. If you have a podcast or are looking to start one, check us out at ResonateRecordings.com. Our theme song and original score is by Dirt Poor Robbins with additional scoring by Dayton Cole. Our cover art is by Drew Bardana. Sources for this episode include WWMT, Wood TV, and the Herald Palladium. You can follow us on social media at Culpable Podcast. Additional content can be found on our website, culpablepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tune in next week when we return with an all-new case. Till next time.